Good evening, squad. What it do, what it do, what it do. Jen said, let's go. What's Ready. up, what's up, what's up, Ready. what's up? For sure, for sure. How y'all feeling, how y'all feeling? Good. It feels good that y'all? it's 8 o'clock at night and not 2 a.m. in the morning, if I'm honest with you, my brother. Hey, man, that's <laughs> always a good thing. I always be worried about you around these times, man. Man, I, I, I arrived into New York. My father had your package just waiting like, yeah. This He's is like, it's Christmas. Christmas all well, over. I, I told you, man. That's what I say, man. What day you arrive and boom. Let me send that thing off and it arrived the day before. Right on. Oh, man. I, I, like, I, I'm loving it, man. For sure. Now, Marcus just texted me, talking about, you ain't sending me the link. You better get his ass on here. I ain't got time. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's not down my name, go. Uh, he give just got him proud up. Give mm-hmm. him some time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he ready. He ready. But, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, how, you some... huh? how you feeling? Huh? We have some kiki moments here. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's see. I'm inviting folks. I learned stuff about people this weekend. Some of of our beer friends making moves and didn't even let me know. Um, I'm going through here to do a little check-in, but anybody drinking anything right now? Well, I've just been chilling today. I've uh, had lots of Theraflus, so I'm ready to drink a beer. Kind of over it. Um, let's see. Give some announcements. Of course, um, Next Monday will be Memorial Day, and I can let y'all know that we won't be here. We want you to enjoy your friends and family and good beers, good liquor, whatnot, whoop-de-woo, but we'll be back at it uh, starting in June. We'll be right back at it. Bring some folks up here. All right. How was your event yesterday, Chris? Let's give us a highlight of what happened. um, So we had it in beer wax and pretty much it was a, uh, we were uh, pairing sours with some food. Unfortunately, we couldn't get uh, Dale View um, Brewing to make his lovely, fluffy North Kakalaki biscuits with uh, per- perfection fried chicken. But we, we paired um, some sours with some cheesecake, some mm-hmm. Pop-Tarts, and um, another type of cake I have to remember. But uh, it was like a small get-together, and I, and I, I love it. Um, Robin um, from Wild East um, Ales um, has this event. I'm happy she in- invited me. I did the event the only way I could. Uh, we were pairing um, the sours with food, and I was pairing the beers with songs off Ghostface Killer's first album. So that was uh, pretty amazing. This was like the first time I did something, so I'm looking forward to doing more events like that and, and you know, picking a style of beer and, and keeping it to at least an artist or a certain album. So I know if I would ever do this in the in Atlanta, I would love to just pair beers with um, Outkast um, music. So it, it was cool. We have a lot of pictures. We got some video footage. So we know that's going to I'm going to be putting that up shortly. So, but it's just good to be back home. And um, yeah. 
That's what's up. And uh, since you did get your mother souls beers, you got to let me know what you think about the Girl Scout, uh, the Samoa cooking one. Ooh. I got to bring one of them. Uh, I mean, before we bring the, 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 the guest of honor to speak, every time I bring back weathered soul batches to the Netherlands, I mean, like, un-stepped un on cocaine. And anytime anyone has it, I ruin every bottle share like we can't beat what you just did, Chris. <laughs> How dare you? It's just not yeah. right. So, you know. People were reconsidering, oh, I thought I was making beer. No, I need to go back to the drawing board and, and, and start from scratch because whatever I was making, it ain't, it's nothing compared to this. You know. For sure, for sure. I concur. That's a really good feeling. When you go to a bottle share and you go, big six, <laughs> this is how Texas is doing, bam, <laughs> and you get people excited and like, damn, you got any more? No, no, this is it. <laughs> But it's it's good it's great to share, but it's like that 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 flex. <laughs> I mean, I'm a bottle share. I, I mean, but some of the beers that I got, I feel like that old BET Love Classics CD yeah. thing. It'd be like, hey man, can I get some? I'm sorry, my brother, you got to get your own. Oh yes. All right, let's get. Well. Well, okay, we're six minutes in. Welcome to Being Black and Craft. And uh, I don't want to uh, waste any more time chit-chatting. We're going to get to the meat of this. We're so excited to uh, have Marcus with Weathered Souls with us uh, this evening. We've had, um, I'm trying to think what her name is, but your uh, PR, I think it's your PR person, previously uh and got to chat with her that uh you are the man of the hour so air horns boom, boom, boom. very excited so uh we're gonna ask well i'm gonna ask you some questions and then uh open it up to the floor at and see you know if anybody else has anything if that's okay with you yeah how's everybody doing today Good, 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 good. Got, <laughs> got a full room. I'm glad to see y'all out here. Um, so my my first my first question when I was trying to think of things to talk about was um, how tired do you ask of people asking you how did you get started? Is that like an old question? Like you like I'm I'm not gonna ask you that, but. Are you tired of people asking you, how did you get started? No, I mean, if it motivates somebody else to want to get into the beer scene or home brewing or whatever the avenue they want to get into, uh, I don't mind it. You know, I'm always about trying to promote uh, craft and trying to get as many people into the industry as possible. So usually when people are asking how I got into beer, it's more than likely because they have no idea how to get into beer. So, okay. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. Okay. Yeah, I. It just seems like you have been um, on a tour within the last. I'm. I'm gonna say, I mean, extensively the last three to five years, and um, having to do lots of interviews and things. So, um, I didn't know how uh, how belaboring that was to get some new information is there something that you wish someone would ask you that you would love to share has anyone just like open the floor and say hey this is something i would really love people to know about me or about um whether souls um no i mean as many interviews as i've done probably within the last two three years i don't really think there's any question that hasn't been asked at this point um, but mm -hmm. a local, um, a local print did like a, 
like a bio on me last year uh, where they went into more kind of in depth, like about who I am as a person and my family and kind of like what drives me type of situation. So that was kind of cool versus, you know, just ask, answering the normal set beer questions that normally pop up in the, in the same type of interview process. Yeah, I can definitely see that um, because we are Facebook friends. So I see your posts. I see you. Um, I think y'all just watch uh, Rescue Rangers or something like that. And so you mm-hmm. take time to, to be with the kids. And one thing that I hope that people do get, especially um, folks that are in the beer industry, you do take time off to go in, relax, and, and, and um, unplug when you get a chance to i'm starting to get better at that Um, for for a short while um i had a real problem saying no so like uh let's see april what are we in now may into may so april i was gone what was it 23 out of the 30 days of that month um and so it's kind of been a process now where I'm realizing that I kind of need to be home more and be around the kids and support the wife and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, she's spent the last five years supporting the brand and watch me kind of develop my brand and kind of grow as a person. And so, yeah, I mean, it's obviously I still have a lot of work to do with the second location and all of the stuff going on with the incubation program and just growing as a brand. But got to kind of counter in some life balance within that. Otherwise, it's going to drive you crazy. So for weather shows, this is something that um, when I got into the beer scene, um, I got different information. And so I'm just going to ask, go to the source. So weather shows, are you... The brewer, are you a part owner of Weather Souls? No so one ever, I, it's always something crazy. Um, so I am co founder and co owner of Weather Souls, but also within that, um, starting out, I was also the only brewer. Um, we brought in our first brewer, uh, let's see, into year four is when mm-hmm. we first brought in uh, somebody to kind of assist me on the brew floor. And then currently I have uh, two brewers uh, that are doing great jobs. And so what was that? a couple of months ago, I got promoted to director of brewing and um, focus more on building the brand at this point and kind of, you know, helping our, our name grow. I think within the last, maybe last, maybe four months, I've brewed three times. Hmm. How 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 is that uh, being kind of hands off? Because you're the one that kind of grew this this baby up with some of the classic uh, classic you know styles that we are uh, familiar with. How's that uh, going? <laughs> um, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, it's taken me a while um, to get used to other people having the. Um, I don't want to say freedom, but more of the position to influence the beer. And so it's taken me time to go ahead and trust these individuals to do what they need to do. A couple of things that I probably won't let go is I still do a majority of our small batch stuff. And then I am hands-on with all of our barrel-age member beers. Um, Mm -hmm. From filling the barrels to emptying them to... Uh, whatever treatment we're going to do with them to bottling. The only thing I'm not doing is cleaning bottles. Um, but outside of that, when it comes to our barrel age program, I think that's something that's always going to be hands-on for me, always to be kind of my baby um, dealing with that type of um, product. Still a, um, a small group as far as like um, the team. and But y'all, y'all have a nice large space. Are but it's at the little strip mall kind of area. Is there any room for growth there? Or So within the last two years, we have grown quite a bit. Um, we have, let's see, a little over 10,000 square feet. 
Um, so within the last two years of expansion, um, we've added about, let's see, about 240 barrels worth of tank space, a little over that, closer to, I think, 300 in a canning line. Um, mm -hmm. And then we've been in the process of filling up a ton of barrels. So the goal is by the end of the year to get about 200 barrels, uh, oak barrels food. Um, so I think we have room for three more tanks within that space. And then we're probably pretty much going to be maxed out. Okay. And when you're doing your barrel aging, um, I guess I'm going to go on the map as far as like, I'll say more pre-bib, pre post-bib, okay? Mm -hmm. So um, when you were doing your barrel aging, how easy was it to acquire with other say, like Balcones or um, Woodford to get some barrels from them compared to now? Because I think that you did a collab or are planning on doing a collab with Uncle Nearest for a barrel yeah, aging program? Uh, so one thing that we've always been um, pretty um, into for our branding is have getting select and like premier barrels. Um, that's something that I've always wanted uh, from the jump. I mean, when we opened, we opened with a 45 year Remy barrel. Um, so that's something that I've always kind of wanted within our, our branding is having those good quality rare barrels that kind of attribute different notes, especially when there's barrels that other individuals can get. Um, so since then we've kind of expanded our barrel program. We have kind of different sectors of what we do with our barrels. Um, we obviously have our membership program. Uh, which is more geared towards some of the rarer barrels. So like our Pappy 23 or barrel went to the membership this year. The Sazerac 18 barrel went to the membership this year. Uh, we have our single barrel program where that's getting primary select barrels from barrel clubs, restaurants, bars and stuff. And these are individual barrels. And I know you know because you work with liquor. So dealing with some of these single barrels and stuff like that. Uh, where the flavor profile is very select to that said barrel and differs from the other, you know, lot of what that brand creates. And so we've been having the luxury to basically have, you know, those type of barrels at our disposal. Um, but obviously, yes, since Black is Beautiful, um, our, I guess our name is out there a lot more. Um, and so that has given us access to some additional uh, rounds of barrels and stuff like that. And yes, we do actually have a uh, collaboration. Uh, we had Brockton Beer, which is going to be the first brewery in the Boston area, Black Brewery, to open out there and have them come last year, uh, do a stout, and then that will be a uh, collaboration with Uncle Nears. Oh, nice. Very nice. Boston and Black and Beer, that's like... That that's that's really interesting. So I'll yeah, I was telling I was telling um, I don't know how viable this might be to Uncle Nearis, but I was telling Brockton I really want to name this beer uh, Black Be Black and have a Did Mike expire like inspired label for it? But <laughs> we'll we'll see how that goes. Hey, it, it's you never know. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So, um. Let me talk briefly about Black is Beautiful. Um, and how you started it, it, you know, as far as like good intentions and wanting it to be out there for, for everyone. Everyone can basically go to the website. The recipe is there. If you want to jazz it up a little bit however you want to do it do it because we are going to this one cause um did you did you think it was going to have this type of evolution to be worldwide were you like where did you think it was going to go well 
originally, like, Black is Beautiful was going to be a standalone release. That was something that I was going to do just for our brewery and donate some money locally. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it where Jeff was uh, from Jester King was a big influence in me getting to go ahead and, and turn it into an initiative. And then um, had a great conversation with Sam Richardson from Other Half and um, Matt from Stout Collectives. Uh, who offered up some assistance and services on getting it launched. Um, but no, um, never in my life did I think like it would, it would have as much impact as it had, right? I mean, we look at the, the, the industry that we're in, and I mean, it's becoming more inclusive, but we know it's not that inclusive. So mm-hmm. to have the amount of individuals that participated was an amazing thing. But then we also look at like, how many breweries there actually are within the U.S. We've got 9,500 plus breweries. We only had 1,400 breweries participate. So on one end of it, yes, it did an amazing thing with the 1,400 people that it had and the, the, the little over $3.8 million that was donated. Um, but I always feel like it could do more. I'm always somebody that's never satisfied, per se. Um, and so to me, yes, I felt and like, you know, you, you sit there and look at it and listen to some of the feedback and, you know, like some people were talking about how it was unorganized and, oh, they shouldn't let these people participate or this person participate. But at the end of the day, you know, this was something that was brought on organically, right? It wasn't something that was mm-hmm. planned. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. Like, I never really thought that I would get into social justice reform and, um, you know, that type of aspect. Um, I've always been supportive of... Uh, growing black within the industry and I've always been a, a huge voice about that ever since since I've been in beer since 2000 and what 12, 2010 whatever that was um, I've always been talking about the lack of diversity within beer um, but to see the amount of people that got excited about it to see the amount of people that talk about it I mean it's an amazing thing and it's still going on people are still donating you know, people are still wanting to uh, participate. And so for that, obviously, I'm going to keep it going as long as possible. Um, but, you know, you look at kind of how it's become a little bit stagnant, right? So we look at two years later, and some people are releasing the barrel-aged versions, and some people are just getting into brewing it. But the, the steam behind it, that was 2020-2021 has kind of died down. Um, and so I kind of looked at that, and looked at what was next and that's kind of how the the incubation program came into effect okay so this uh, the incubation is that program is the next step from black is beautiful as we know it right now yeah i I feel like it's the the next transition right so we've we've spoke about it we've gone out and, and said this is the issue We've gone ahead and have raised a ton of money and to support of going into local communities that really needed the you know financial money and really made a difference in, in some avenues and some lanes. And then you also look at the amount of influence that it brought on other blacks within the industry. So you know the the influencers, the other brewers, you know uh, people that were in brewery and planning got all types of steam after, you know, Black is Beautiful. So it even went ahead and increased visibility for for the general, you know, minorities within the industry. But you always, again, I'm somebody that's not ever satisfied. I, I feel like there was a opportunity for me to give back even more, right? So I've placed myself within this, this frame within the industry now where I've became kind of a, a industry leader, I guess you can say, right? And so I've built these relationships being in the Brewers Association, being in the Texas Craft Brewers Guild, uh, Board of Directors, and just the people that I've worked with over the last two years with Black is Beautiful. And it's put me in a position to where I can give back more. And so being that social work really isn't within my stigma, like, you know, uh, being somebody that... Uh, I never really felt like my my passion is within the the framework of what Black is Beautiful was, or you know, even this incubation program. 
But what I do feel like is it's more so my purpose. You know, if I have this opportunity to give back, if I have this lane to be able to provide for other individuals, if I could ask a company to donate $100,000 to support a, you know, a incubation program that's going to help the next brewer open up his own brewery, then I feel like, you know, that's a situation kind of that, that you have to put yourself into. Something my brother used to always tell me is take it on the chin. So it's kind of one of those things like, hey, you put yourself here, so utilize those resources and utilize the things that you've done to be able to help the next person do the same thing. Yeah, I I definitely recall, um, I don't know if you knew that, um, that we had a, there was a Facebook group that um, kind of assisted with, hey, these are the, you know, breweries that were wanting to do this uh, because you're getting some arrows thrown at you like you know why this and why that I was like this man can't be everywhere but I live over here and the breweries in my area so I'm gonna check them and see what's going on mm-hmm. um, and see where where did the money go to did you just you know not even trying to send it to NAACP they got enough money but the little boys and girls club is you know that's around the corner from the brewery, they could use it. And maybe they don't know. So, so yeah, it's, um, I nope, think I remember was, the, it's, yeah, I remember the group and, you know, like what, what I told people dealing with that type of thing is, hey, like I still have a brewery to run. At the time I was still brewing right. beer, you know, still brewing beer, all the things that I had to do to physically run my business. So, Yes, I went ahead and, and initiated something, but I mean, if you want to see money given back within your community, that's your responsibility to make sure that that money goes to your community. That's not my responsibility. That's why I put it on the breweries to go ahead and choose their own local organizations, charities, and foundations, because I wanted them to put themselves out there and put themselves within communities that they're normally not familiar with, that they're normally not engaged in and build those bridges and build those gaps. Yep. But, familiar with, you know, but, it, but, takes... but actually the brewery is in the community, is in that community. Exactly. That they're not familiar with. Exactly. And so, yeah. you know, like at the end of the day, like it's up to everybody to go ahead and make and check and make sure that this money goes here and make sure this money goes there. I can only send so many emails. I can only make so many phone calls. So right. at the end of the day, like it's up to everybody. And then, you know, dealing with the whole thing, oh, well, you shouldn't have let this person participate or this person participate. At the end of the day, I initiated the initiative. But it's everybody's initiative, right? It's everybody that's given back to this initiative. It's everybody that's participating. But even then, you look at the history, like you start going back into our history and, and the the whole crab in the barrel aspect and dealing with, you know, the the different races and, and individuals that helped during the civil rights movement and stuff like that. Man, if we get rid of everybody that wants to help, then how many allies, how many assistants are we going to have in our movement? You know, people aren't going to want to help us. People are going to try to derail things because we're kicking everybody out. And so it was one of those things like, if somebody wants to make change, if somebody wants to do better, if they're trying to recognize that, they, hey, we messed up and did this, or hey, we messed up and did that, like founders, for instance. I don't drink mm-hmm. founders and I don't, I've never advised anybody to drink founders. Like for me dealing with that whole situation, it's still at founders. And I told them that on the phone call pretty much. But what I also told them is, Hey, if you want to make the efforts to give back to your community and just be familiar that there's probably going to be backlash with you guys participating, there's going to be backlash from you guys wanting to participate in something called black is beautiful based off of the things that have happened. Like, I understand because of, of legal things, you just can't come out and just say, hey, we did X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. But there are those strategic ways where you can get back and start making a difference. And so that's why I chose to have those other brands, organizations and stuff like that, that weren't typically allied with us, uh, kind of still participate and give that money back. So you have two things that have, um, that are up and coming. The one thing that I'm so elated and so excited about is North Carolina. So my, from what I can see, 
it's an, incuba it's an incubation um, brewery. So what you're wanting to do is, is it like um, like allowing people who are contract, that usually do contract brewing, have a place or um, like a program for someone that I want to be a brewer, I want to make brewer, I mean beer, excuse me. Sure. Get you from point A to point Z um, in a program where you're pretty much um, just infused into the brewery culture and come out ready to um, to go forward. Um, so what the location in Charlotte is going to be is it's going to be a standalone brewery. Um, like we'll have a coffee bar, we're going to have a cocktail bar because they allow that type of thing in Charlotte. Um, you know, we're going to have a tap room, that type of thing. We're bringing in a, a kitchen with a, an amazing chef that I can't wait to announce, um, world-famous chef. And so that's going to be the brewery. Uh, but one of the things that when we first planned the brew house is that we realized we didn't have a brewer. Uh, we were going to bring in equipment, but it was going to be something that was going to be used for, like, barrel-aged products, um, you know, small batch stuff to run through the, the program. And so we realized that, hey, within that, I realized when I was planning the next steps of Black is Beautiful that, hey, I could utilize this equipment for something else. Um, and so I reached out to Deutsche about uh, becoming an official partner um, with the equipment to help out and then reached out to RAR and so what's going to end up happening with this program is it's a little more than just allowing contract brewers to have a space. Um, what the goal is, is to have a individual be in the correct lane to open a brewery once they finish the program. Um, when you now, obviously for you, an applicant, you have to be a brewery that's in plan. Um, that's the, the main thing. And obviously being BIPOC or a woman. Um, so let's say for instance, I mean, just giving an example, you take Shannon, right? So Shannon applies, mm -hmm. goes ahead and, and he's accepted into this program. The first thing that we're going to do is pair him with an SBA loan officer. So we're going to make sure that you're even able to apply for additional financial assistance. We're going to make sure that you're in the lane to actually physically open a brewery, right? Because somebody finishes the program that's fun, fine and dandy right you you've now have accomplished something but the real goal is ownership right that's when we actually start seeing those um, achievable goals those attainable goals start making differences within our industry yes we can have all the tap room employees we can have all the even brewers that you guys want within this industry but the only real change is going to make from decision makers and owners so unless you're a head brewer, unless you're an owner of the company, you know, unless you're somebody of production management, what say do you really have within your brewery? Yes, we've made the difference of having a representation of an employee there, but are we really actually making any differences in the way that the, the industry within itself navigates and moves? No or not. So the real changes within that are the ownership aspect. So first goal is to make sure that you're even able to apply for the loan. Um, if you're accepted into the program, you're going to start out, make sure that you're able to do that. And then you're going to go into an education portion. Um, so we've paired with, uh, raw malting, which has 175 years of malting experience, um, Yakima, uh, for the hops aspect and white labs for yeast. And so you have all of these amazing companies that are going to run you through the educational portion of what malts to use with this, how to substitute certain malts, you know, um, sustainability, uh, going into uh, yeast, um, yeast management, propagation, uh, how to make sure your yeast is healthy, um, you know, hops, what products to use with what type of beers, sensory, knowing when your hops are old, different things like that that are all going to help save money, help you progress within your your. Uh, your brewery, but then even make sure that you're making a quality product. Um, then you're going to run to the brew floor. You're going to run through brewery um, procedures, CIP procedures, how to navigate safety. Um, we're going to let you brew your own beer, 
package your own beer, uh, which hopefully I can announce the partnership for the packaging soon um, to where you're going to package your own beer and then release that. So you're running through the entire process. And then at the end, you're going to go ahead and hopefully be able to apply for that loan or assistance or however you want to go about it to actually physically open your brewery. Oh, and then we're going to partner with, uh, which is off the bark, but we're going to partner with Jägermeister as well. And Jägermeister, even though they're not beer, um, they've been a, a company that's been around for a ton of years. That's been great at marketing, um, sustainability, how to how to maintain your brand once you open it, you know, how to continue to grow. And so those are all things that we are going to be doing within this incubation program to start making some changes within the industry. And how long is the program from start to finish? So right now, I think I have it at 26 to 28 days. So the oh, goal wow. is to get about the goal is to get about 12 people a year. Obviously, you know, with the money that's being donated from our, um, we've had we're getting money donated from um, the Black is Beautiful situation with Walmart. Um, and then hopefully we'll be able to bring on some other partners so that alleviates lodgings and travel and different things like that so people can actually focus on the program and not have to focus on how they're going to come up with finances. Um, is there any um, Black-owned entity within uh, within the program? Because I heard all the big stars. But, like, um, is there any opportunity for, like, because, you know, we're in Texas, so we have, like, little, uh, you know, some black farmers here and there as far as, like, sourcing um, to kind of bring them in. Or, like, the Lord, who's, like, a black distribution um, company. Do you see any opportunities for them to be a part of the incubation um, program? Yeah, definitely. Um you know, this is something that I'm trying to create to be more structured, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Something that's full on and planned. It's going to have a board of directors because it's a nonprofit and different things like that. Um, and so dealing with that, um, the ultimate goal of this program is to hopefully get it accredited and turn it into a school within a couple of years, mm. which is the ultimate so obviously, uh, creating other partnerships, uh, bringing in other vendors, bringing in other individuals that can contribute to the program uh, is the ultimate goal, um, especially as a nonprofit. Okay, okay. I, I like the long game. Okay. And um, you mentioned Walmart, and I, I, I kind of, I forgot, but I didn't forget. So you have uh, Harvard Classics in Walmart as well, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 Bib. Um I could have swore I saw another can is another can I we sell West Coast I, in there too. I knew it. I was like I saw I saw palm trees. I'm I'm a labor whore, so that's why I was like, <laughs> I know this one. So um is it building up to other or are you gonna just kinda stay with that core? Because I'm sure that's kind of um difficult to do you know you have your own which is all you know going into the astro brewery and it's selling out all the time uh and then you're also having to have product for the um not the stadium but the basketball place i'm not a sports fan don't 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 say nothing but you know what i mean so for us we actually we actually have a pretty big distribution I won't say pretty big, but big for us, considering we're still kind of a small brand. Uh, So for us currently, we distribute to about 16 different states. Um, I want to say three to four different countries. And then um, we also um, have, obviously, the AT&T Center. And then I think we're in 100 and they just gave us this number, 146 accounts locally within San, San Antonio. That's not mm. including the rest of Texas. Um, and so we actually have a, a decent um, distribution out, outprint that we've been putting on for like the last two years. Is Are you, um, are they planning to expand for y'all? 
So uh, dealing with that, we kind of set the brands that we want to include within uh, these different retail situations, right? And so as you guys start getting further into like branding and opening a brewery, if that's what you guys choose to do and different things like that, you'll start realizing how much money plays in. So for me, you look at, say, a specialty item like, I don't know, peanut butter, no jelly, for instance, right? Where it's a popular release. Generally, we produce 100 cases of it, and it sells out within two weeks within the brewery. I'm selling those four packs, you know, at a, at a retail price for our brewery. You have to guys have to realize when you sell things to retail formats, you're losing money. It's more about the the longevity and about how much beer you can sell. Because now, for instance, I'm going into retail situation. I'm selling a case of hardwood for, let's make up a number, $28. And then your distributor takes 28%. And then when they sell it to a retailer, they take another 25%. So say for instance, you know, you're selling it to your brand or your distributor for $28, then they're selling it to the retail for $35. And then the retailer set their price about how they want to sell each four pack. So for us, it strategically and financially only makes sense for us to send beers that are cost effective that's why i probably won't see paper bag lunch in the store no uh which is my (laughs) now we do do like specialty you know like uh what we call our burst distro and that is where we do create um i think it's like six to seven releases a month and send those out those are the releases that are going out of state uh those are the releases that are popping up in specialty stores in say houston or dallas um, even Austin, some areas, if you want to talk about Texas, um, you know, there are ones that are popping up in California and Portland and all those, those different areas. So we are sending out specialty stuff out, um, but it's more niche to where those markets understand those prices and costs and uh, make it a little more financially beneficial for us to want to sell those items. Um. My last, I think my last question, just going back to the incubation um, uh, scenario. So I know the first one is going to be in North Carolina. And I know that you said that you want to be accredited. So are you wanting it to be in different hubs or is going to, is that one of the goals? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too far yet, but probably one of the, the ultimate goals is to increase the locations um, to be able to have more uh, participants and applicants flow through the process. Um, like I said, you know, the, the ultimate goal for me now is diversifying our industry and doing whatever I can with the resources that I have to do that. And so, um, yeah, the ultimate goal would definitely be to increase um, the locations over the next few years. And your, I said it was last one. This will really be my last one, and I'm going <laughs> to open up the floor. So, uh, you are um, the uh, board director or o- over the committee of the DEI for Texas Craft and Guild. Um, do you think they are listening to your suggestions, or do you think they're being open um, with having you and listening to your voice? Um, um, definitely. So what a lot of people don't know is I'm the one that actually created the DEI committee for the Texas Craft Brewers Guild. Um, okay. Meg came to me uh, when I first joined with the idea um, to where she wanted to create a DEI committee, a subcommittee within the, the organization. So I wrote out the entire plan for that. Um, presented it to the board for voting and and all that good stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think they are very much motivated in uh, creating diversity within this industry. Um, You have a decent amount of diversity that's within that subcommittee. 
um, and a lot of people that are passionate about making changes. I mean, you also got, you know, Michael Finley on there. You got Michael Ferguson, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so you have other black people. You got um, Paige, you got um, a few other people that are big advocates for diversity within the industry, like Sheila. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think they are listening to the, the feedback. They are listening to... Uh, things, ways to make changes, and the board is, I can't, (laughs) being on the board, I can't speak on the board officially, but I do think that we are making, you know, the right changes to to bring more diversity within Texas. Yeah. You're supposed to have me too. I'm supposed to be on the the committee, but I have yet to uh, get in uh, on the, uh, I guess, the rotation for the meetings. I keep on missing them, so... um, don't feel too bad. Meg has to remind me constantly. So I, I've reached out to, I think, Seth uh, with um, Denton County. He was like, what? I was like, yeah, I, I wonder. I've asked, um, but I've, I have so many hats now, so I may have gotten an email and didn't see it. But that's good to know. And just, um, just for everyone on the call, actually, there's going to be an upcoming uh, job fair in Houston mm-hmm. uh, with the Texas uh, Craft Guild. So um, I think, I, I know that I put it in the Discord, but I'll also be posting it again. Um, they ha- they're having a job fair and they're, you know, hey, if you want to work for a brewery, you want to see what's going on, they are having opportunities. We did one in Dallas and they're trying to do it in different pockets of Texas, so... But I'm going to, uh, I really appreciate you with all, with all my questions. And I'm going to open up the floor for anyone else who may have anything that they want to ask. Just unmute your mic. Well, I don't really have a question. I think that you did a phenomenal job of asking every question that probably needed to be asked. Um, but I would like to say hi. It's really cool to kind of see you. I mean, not see you hear you virtually me and my bud Rodney he's actually in here that's why I'm in here um I just kind of stumbled upon this uh group and me and him actually did a video on the wooden robot imperial stout um I think in 2021 so it's just kind of cool I just wanted to say it was really cool to just kind of hear you and your perspective and hear you answer questions and stuff considering that I did a whole video on some black is beautiful beers so that was it. I didn't really have a question. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I know I didn't. I know I didn't ask all the questions. Yes, you did. You did such a good job. I was like, I was messaging Rodney saying she asked a lot of great detailed questions. I don't even know if I have room to ask anything. I don't even know what to ask anymore. Honestly. Well, for me, I wanted to thank the homie uh, for, for pulling up. And uh, I know he's hella busy. Um, he never want to give me his autograph, even though I asked for it. Uh, but, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely appreciative of him jumping out there and, uh, and making it do what it do. I'm always telling him I'm proud of him. And, uh, you know, just keep up the good work, bro. Appreciate that, sir. I do have kind of like an unorthodox question. I mean, you made Black is Beautiful. Have you tasted any of the variants? And was there one particular one that made you say, wow, they did their thing? You know. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, I tried a ton of them when it first dropped. Um and then I kind of took a sabbatical from beer. Um, but I would say the ones that stood out to me, uh, at least my favorites, were Fremont, uh, because that was very close to the original. Um, I enjoyed, uh, let's see, Alchemist. They did the base recipe with like a small barrel aged blend that was really good. Um, obviously, side project. We did the the barrel aged blend. Perennial. We did the barrel aged blend. Um, and then another one that I really enjoyed was Bottle Logics. I think I, I think I tried the Bottle Logics. Cool. Anybody else? 
anybody else? I, I thought you were going to say, oh, no. Um, <laughs> there were so many. And, I mean, it was. It, it, um, I promise you I have some Black is Beautiful right now because um, initially I felt like we were trading Pokemon cards because we wanted to get okay, I'm in Texas, and, you know, everybody was very excited to get, you know, especially the, the original variations, and somebody from California, they wanted something, I wanted whatever they had, so we were just trading like crazy, and then we, I had a surplus. Um, I was like, okay. That's the, that's the good thing about stouts, <laughs> that they keep. Um and so I just break one open every once in a while. I need to make some brownies, though. That's what I really need to do with them. Make some stout brownies. Anybody else? Hi, hi. my name's uh, Imani, and um, I'm a home brewer. Um, just really enjoy just making recipes and things like that. But I am a sucker for stories, and um, I don't know a whole lot about you specifically. Um, beyond what I've seen with the initiatives that you're doing and congratulations on all of that. But um, I was reading a bit of a story about your grandmother and her influence on your, your brewing. Um, she brewed during prohibition, if I'm not mistaken. Is, is that correct for starters? Yeah. Um, so she didn't really have a influence per se on me getting into beer. Um, us growing up, my grandma was very anti-alcohol to us. Um, but uh, I had a relative uh, that had worked for some previous breweries and stuff like that uh, that was in beer way before I got into it. Uh, but where my grandma's influence came in was more so dealing with the incubation program. And uh, my grandma, yeah, used to brew during Prohibition. Um, the, the story is she was brewing and uh, this guy kept asking her for some of the hoops that she was making. So she kind of grew spiteful and gave him some of the concentrated mash. So guy obviously became intoxicated and fell off the roof. So you can imagine how scary of a situation that is for a 12, 13 year old black woman in Topeka, Kansas. Um, so she prayed to the Lord above, hey Lord, please don't take me away. Um, you know, if you do, I'll never have anything to do with alcohol again. And so the police never came and she kept her promise. But one thing about my grandma is my grandma's been in, you know, uh, Compton for the last 40 years, owns a church there, is a, you know, uh, matriarchy within her community um, where, you know, it's like you don't mess with her and, you know, that type of thing. And everybody knows who she is. Um, and so she's basically devoted her whole life to giving back to her community. I mean, my grandma was still doing um, Sunday school up until like two years ago, and she's 93. Um, and so to see that impact and see the things that she's done for her community is more so what made me want to go ahead and do the incubation program. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. Yeah. That's beautiful. That makes me think about... Um... Pops, how's your dad doing? Pops is fantastic. Um, doing well. My mom was just out here last week um, uh-huh. to celebrate the youngest birthday. Uh, um, but, you know, my parents are always just such the, the proud individuals of what we're doing out here. Um, so, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know, like, I'm very family-oriented. I talk to my parents literally every day, um, unless I'm traveling or something like that. Um and so, yeah, Pops are doing good. Thank you for asking. Are you an only child? No, I have a older brother and a younger sister. Uh, okay. We're actually all very family-oriented. I probably mm-hmm. talk to my sister almost every day and talk to my brother at least through text every day. Um, so we're a very close-niche family. Very good. Yes, I, I, I really good call. Um, I think your, your dad said that he wasn't a really big beer drinker who he, he was almost he, he he's hilarious no one's ever if y'all get up to him to meet Marcus dad he's hilarious um but he was like yeah he was like I don't know about this but this Jamaican the Jamaican said now now he knew what he was doing with that one and he was like mm-hmm. he was like bring us up 
and he was snapping us. Bring us all some of that. That that that's good. But I don't know about this other stuff. This stuff right here is good. Yeah, you know, growing up, like I said, my grandma was anti-alcohol. My dad was an anti-alcohol. But uh, the only thing that I ever seen my dad really drink was maybe like a one ounce pour of Hennessy, like every six months. Like my dad never really got into drinking, got into consuming alcohol, especially in front of his kids. Um, and so that was something that I really didn't grow up around. Um, so when I got into beer, uh, especially brewing, my parents were very anti me brewing at first. You know, it was one of the things like, why are you brewing all that beer just to get drunk? Especially when I started brewing, you know, once every, once a week type of thing, gearing up to, to me entering the, the professional industry. And so what are you brewing all that beer for just to get drunk and blah, 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 blah. And I used to tell them, like, I have a plan. And so to see that plan come into fruition and kind of see their attitudes adjust behind that, it's been a, a good little extra bonus to my career. That's great. That's that's really that's really good to have um have your family supporting you and just having a well knit background. That um, I know that also has to help, especially if you're because um, brewing and stuff that. That's some long days, and then with everything else that you're doing, to have a base to come home to and um, to kind of nurture and fortify yourself to go back out and continue to do the work that you have to do. It's um, definitely a facet that, that's needed. Um, we're four minutes before our hour. Marcus, I want to thank you again so much for uh, allowing us this time for you to share with us everything that's going on and giving us tidbits um, with what's up and coming. And I'm sure we are going to be seeing some, seeing these announcements. I was hoping we'd get an exclusive that, you know, we got a little bit, got a little bit. But in the meantime, um, like, uh, just to let y'all know, uh, we won't be on next coming Monday because it's Memorial Day. But still, uh, check your Discord. We still have some job postings that are going on. Mike is doing a lot of stuff with Athletic. Um, and most of these jobs that he's posting are remote, which it keeps on catching my eye a lot. Um, then I want to give a shout out to Shayla. Shayla has been very secretive. I just want all of y'all to know. Mom's Mom's That Beer has a show. Maybe I'm the one that's behind. But she does Friday nights, uh, Friday Night Lives. And I just happened to be up because I was um, having another third flu cocktail. So it was I was up late because I'm still trying to get over um, being sick. But she had um, Andrew with uh, Liquid Intrusion, um, Black and Beautiful, Moni here in Dallas, and um, Angela Drinks IPAs, or, Ange- or IPAs and Angela, I cannot remember, I started following her, but uh, has a great show, and has a, a, a nice long discussion, and I'm and I told Hannah when I saw, I said, oh, she's been fooling me. She talks a whole lot. I'm thinking, you know, I don't bug you because of like, I'll ask her something. You're like, yeah, I did this and that's it. Uh, so, Shadow, would you, could you mind plugging your event that you do on Fridays and let us know more about it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love the call out. Thank you. I am very shy, like, in general. But, you know, a little liquid courage goes a long way um we angela ipas angela with i ipas with angela and i um do have a live we haven't set our night so you just catch us when you catch us it was tipsy tuesdays and then we tried Um. thirsty thursdays and then we did freestyle wednesday and, and then it became freestyle friday and so we don't have a set day and time but i think we do like the friday nights um, but thank you. Yeah, we just 
we just vibed we met online and we're very we have a lot in common and it just started off with just us talking and hanging out and then people would randomly start joining and talking with us so there's like it's very begin beginning stages i'm welcome to any feedback or suggestions at this point because i feel like we really do have something um just not sure how it's going to um how it's going to play out but there's a lot coming i mean I'm about to drop my website. I'm gonna launch a pre-sale for shirts. I'm gonna start having some in-person like meetups in LA. So I am just trying to build up some momentum and get, like I said, some courage out there to kind of show my face and be out there a little more than I'm usually comfortable with. But thank you so much. And thank you for joining. And hopefully you can come on one of our nights when we're on. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, absolutely. So can you um before before um you go, can you tell us more about the bottle share that's gonna be in Vegas? Cause I was like, what? So that is I know Moni is like one of the founding um organizers for that. Um, so I don't have much information, but yes, there okay. is going to be a bottle share in Vegas. It's the weekend of the 14th. I think the 14th through 16th is the weekend. Um, it's going to be at Beer Zombies. She said, like, when it gets closer to October, they'll, like, drop, you know, tickets because I think it's going to be, like, around $20, $25 uh, per person to do the bottle share. Um, but that's all I know for now is the date and where. And then I asked her if like there's a set hotel that people are staying in and she said, no, everyone's kind of staying wherever. So that's the, that's right before my 40th birthday. So I definitely like my plans this past year for my birthday got really messed up. So I got a recoup for that. And of course, like, because it's the 40th. Um, so I'm definitely going to be there. And, you know, when she starts sharing more information, I'll definitely pass it along because I feel like that's, that's a meetup that is easy for a lot of us that are on the West can get to in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, let's see. Rodney, do you want to do a, a quick check-in? Let us know how, uh, how classes are going and how much time do you have left over for um, your internship? Hey, for sure. Thanks, Angie. Hopefully my signal is better up here. But um, definitely start off by saying thank you, Marcus, for um, for everything that you're doing in the industry, dude. It, it's uh, it's definitely motivational and um, it, it keeps me focused. I know I was just uh, talking to Beth. She was like, "Dog, Rodney, damn it, are you serious?" That's why move stays in this Oh my god! It would be Rodney to start to start glitching out. All right. Um, okay. Okay. How about you'll now? You'll have How about to text. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. 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 Here's a Connecticut classes. Yeah, that ain't gonna work, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I'll text you and and I'll give the update. Um, Ariana. Just in time to give your update of Texas to New York City. How's your internship going? Hey guys, my internship is wild. It's so awesome. It's just a great community of people and individuals. Like the lead brewer, his name is Manny. He was an intern once before. Literally every worker there was an intern at Bronx Brewery before I was. So it's just been a phenomenal experience. Everyone there is like super nice, cool, just willing to teach and allow me to get my feet wet and not feel so silly. Um, if you guys don't know what it is, the Bronx Brewery and Beer Culture partners and allows BIPOC individuals um, a chance to get an internship paid for two months. And I moved way up to New York City from Fort Worth and left my government job to become a brewer. So it's just been awesome to get my feet wet. My toes are literally barking, but I'm enjoying every single step in the process. Very good. Very good. 
And Kendra, before we leave, um, is for the culture, is it open now? Uh, Carl, I, Carl is actually on the call, so yeah, he can okay. provide. That, see, you know what? I, I met, I met right. him first. I was like, I didn't know. I was like, is that Carl? Right. No. Yes, Carl, tell us. <laughs> no, we're we're not yet. We're construction's almost done, but we had some issues with uh, the city of Houston and well, the contractor in Center Point, rather right. the electricity electricity service provider. So right now, sorry, that's my toddler. So right now we're just we're waiting on them to finish that and so that they can finally finish the last week of or estimated week of construction and then we'll just be waiting on TABC. Okay. When I was in Atlanta, uh, some people said, "Yeah, I'm going to Houston." I said, "Well, I'm going to miss out, but you need to go over to because I was talking to our culture about the culture." So, uh, <laughs> yes, it's all of a sudden a lot of cultures, but yeah, uh, yeah I was talking to Shaq and he was saying he was going uh, he was going up that way. So, um, he might still be reaching out to you though. Oh, no problem. And yeah. uh, shout out Marcus. I didn't get to, I, I was trying to uh, get in a little earlier, but I'm, I'm tired of wrangling. Uh, it was nice to hear about the, uh, it was nice to hear about the update. <laughs> um, me and Ken got a chance to chop it up briefly with them at CBC in Denver, but the, the Brewers Association had him on lock. <laughs> so he was running around me and two. But just, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear what the expanded plan is, you know, getting more in depth. So appreciate it, man. I appreciate that. Can't wait for y'all to open, bro. I'm excited for y'all. Um, Kumba, what's the latest and greatest beer that's coming out? Man, I'm sitting here uh, uh, watching the game, man. Um, no, I just uh, <laughs> brewed a beer with uh, White Rock uh, White Rock Ale House last week, so that should be coming out soon. Uh, just did a, did a little something different. Uh, we did an oat lager. Uh, just trying to do something different, so uh got a couple more uh collaborations coming up soon so uh definitely be uh posting more uh, uh uh some more uh details about that and just still uh just still just hunting trying to find a spot man that's that's always the uh, fun part of 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 getting a, a business open is, is is finding someone who's willing to like lease a spot to you so no um I know that uh, we had a, a bottle share yesterday that I missed out on, so um, yeah, same. we'll we'll post some pictures. I, I got some pictures, um, uh, so I won't have too bad FOMO, but that's really it, y'all. I hope that y'all um, have an amazing week and have a relaxing uh, four-day weekend. Post some beers. Or some liquor, because you know me and Kendrick are here. We like to double fist sometimes, and uh, we'll see you in June. We got stuff planned. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>